uh, divine order of marriage. And I like to start, anytime I'm talking about marriage, I like to start with this statement. Marriage is God's idea, never man's idea. It was God from the beginning. It was God who said, it is not good for man to be alone. It wasn't because Adam knew loneliness. It wasn't because Adam got to a point and said, ah, God, I'm so alone, no, better make me a helpmate or else I will rebel. Better give me a partner, else I won't do this work. No, it wasn't that. It was God himself who felt that Adam needed a helpmate. And then he decided to create one for him. And so for us to be able to do marriage successfully, we must do it God's way. You can't do it man's way. You must do it the way the creator designed it. And I want to say this because there will be some principles that we're going to be bringing out from this series that are applicable to other areas of life and not just marriage. And I will try as much as possible to point them out. This particular one, we can apply to other areas of life. The reason why humanity is where it is today is because of our continuous deviation from the order of life as put in place by God. The reason why the world is in chaos today and we have so many issues in the world today is because of man's continuous deviation from the order that God has put in place. Continuous flouting of his guidelines. Continuous flouting of his rules. Continuous flouting of his principles and his values. That's why the world is in chaos. It's like buying a car that ought to run on fuel. And then you decide to say because there's fuel scarcity and you don't want to go and queue, the tap in front of your house is running and you carry the hose and say it's a bit liquid is liquid. You put that water inside that tank, you damage that car. Because there are principles that govern everything. Everything, including creation. The entire creation. And that is why we always say this, DNW always say, Dr. Woodruff, that we don't know how to be until we read the word of God. We don't know how to be. The sin that is still pervading the world today is still this first sin of the devil, of saying, me too. I'm serious. That's the sin everybody is committing today. It's the same sin. God said, this is how things should go. Me too. I have my own idea. I can make it go the other way. It's the same thing. Deviation. Deviation. And it's pride. It's pride. When you don't submit to what God has said, it's pride. It's pride. So God said, I created humanity and this is how Project Humanity ought to run and then we deviate from it. And we expect everything to be well. No. The entire creation is a spiritual technology. There are spiritual principles that ought to run this spiritual technology. You deviate from those values and principles, you get chaos. That's what the world is experiencing today. And so the same thing applies to marriage. You don't do marriage the way God has ordained it to be done. You get chaos. You get pain. You get hurt. You get divorce. You get separation. You get broken homes. And that will not stop there. Children are permanently damaged in some instances. Then the society now breeds citizens that are unprincipled. And before you know, the entire world is crumbling. It's because of man's deviation. And so for us, in the midst of the last days, that's why, thank God, God is addressing religion. 
and tradition. Because there are so many things that we have picked up along the way, influenced by tradition, by, by religion, by culture, by man-made philosophies that are not founded on the word of God. And so as saints of the last days, we are required to please God with our marriage. And to do that, we must do marriage God's way. You can't say your life is pleasing God and your marriage is not pleasing God as an individual. You can't say you are blessing God with your life as an individual and you're not blessing God with your marriage. Do you know how important marriage is? Marriage is that one institution that illustrates the relationship between Christ and the church. And the attack on marriage today, you think it's just on marriage. No, the devil is trying to make a statement. The devil is trying to say, see, that thing that you think you are coming for, Marriage, that ultimate wedding between Christ and the church will not happen. That which is like a replica on earth, let me begin to attack it. To get template, to make sure that this one does not happen. Because the enemy does not want the world to come to an end. The devil, the devil wants this to continue. Because he knows that the more this continues, the more he can continue to have his way. And gather a lot of people that will go to hell with him. The devil knows that the moment we shut down time, that is the end. It's done. You know what the devil is doing? The devil is actually buying time off us. The devil is buying time off our lateness to accomplish God's purpose and to finish. He's just buying time. As I was telling you, members of the workforce, please, whatever you know is important to do as a kingdom person, do it. Prioritize God. Prioritize the kingdom. Let's finish. So the devil knows his end already. The devil is not negotiating his end. The devil is not asking for repentance. He does not have the capacity to ask for repentance. So his end has been declared. So we are just is humans that the devil is using to do to buy time. And so we must please God with our marriage. So you're here, you're married, just be thinking about your marriage that you're in right now. You're here, you're here to be married, be preparing. Our marriage is a weapon in the hand of God, just as we are weapons as individuals. Your marriage is a weapon, and you need to believe that. Your marriage is a weapon. Your marriage is a weapon. And so do not seek to do marriage your way. If you want it to serve God's purpose, do not seek to do it your way. We must do it God's way. And like I said, for us to do it God's way, we must beware of tradition. And we must beware of modernity. Because these are two philosophies that have impacted marriage significantly in the course of human history. Until recently, tradition, particularly in this part of the world, Tradition. And how did it impact marriage? Or why is it impacting marriage? Balance of power. Where the woman is seen as being substandard to the man. That's tradition. Tradition tells you that the woman has no say. Tradition tells you that the woman's start and beginning of her life and the end is in kitchen. Tradition tells you that the woman has no contribution. Tradition, that's tradition. Tradition, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, for many years, for some of us here, we could see, I mean, maybe not because by the time of our parents, things started changing a little bit, right? Now, some of our mothers now have careers. They pursue their dreams, their visions, and all of that. But back in the day, I mean, they couldn't say much. Tradition, you know, would make men want to subjugate women and overpower them and shut down their voice and all of that. In Congress, we used to have this story, and they used to say it. They said, don't be that man that sits down. You come back from work, you sit down, you carry a remote, you turn it on, or you carry a newspaper, and you're reading, and your wife comes and brings food in front of you, and then uh, you finish eating, then she comes again and carry, wash your hand, this thing, and then you wash your... <laughs> 
What does he do? She put it on her head. Now put the washing hand this thing on her head. I say, yeah, my Lord, wash your hand and all of that. You can't be that man. You can't be that man. Come on, get up. Take your dishes to the kitchen. If there's no help, your wife is not, it's not house help. Back in the day, we had that. We saw some of our mothers grow up like that. But today, things have changed. These same women walk. They walk now, right? They do not only walk, they contribute, right? We'll see the balance. So that's an extreme tradition. For many years, impacted our definition of marriage. But right now, women are now tired. <laughs> they have now woken up. And this one that they have woken up is not small. All the things that men did in the times of our great-great-great-grandparents, they are taking it out on these men of this generation. <laughs> and because of that, they are now moving towards the other extreme. Modernity. Equality. That's another extreme. So right now, women are saying, there is no head. We are partners. We are co-men, me and you. <laughs> we are joint heads, yeah. <laughs> That's what women are saying now. So they are running from one extreme, but they are running towards another extreme. Another extreme, which is also dangerous. It's also dangerous. And so we must beware of tradition, culture, man-made philosophies that are trying to redefine what God himself has clearly put in place. You see, the traditional definition of marriage is not sustainable. As a matter of fact, this feminist movement is a proof that that is not sustainable. <laughs> feminist movement is a proof that traditional definition of marriage is not what? Sustainable. A time will come, they will revolt, and they are revolting. But again, the modernity impact and effect on marriage is also not sustainable. Do you know why? That today is also contributing to the rate of divorce that we have. I do not in any way subscribe to women being abused in any way and in any form. No, I do not. But back in the day, the women had more patience to stay than now. I'm not saying I tolerate some of the things that they went through. But right now, women don't even have the patience anymore. Before you even do, ah, they're gone. Before you even, ah, they're gone. Before you even do, ah, they're gone. They'll come and say, I can't do this anymore. My mental health. <laughs> My mental health. I need, I need, I need, I need to keep my mental health. Just go. Why is that? I mean, we didn't have that before. So it's so easy now to pack up and go. Very easy. Very easy. That's the impact of modernity. That's the impact of modernity. And yet, some of us who are children, if you look at your life and the sacrifices of your parents, especially your mothers, you would see how they shaped us, right? Right? The sacrifices they made in those marriages, the level of sanity that we have today was because of that. We can attribute to that. Because if they had packed their bags and they had gone, that would have affected you. So you have no idea. People like me can tell you. Because I never had my mom and my father under the same roof. The ever one time or two times I ever saw them under the same roof, the conversation, I will leave for another day. Just what I'm saying, I know the effect of that. 
not having your father and your mother together. If you ever turn out right, it's God. If God does not intervene. And I saw around me a lot of people like myself who had that same background. No father, no father, no especially father, no authority figure. All of them that did well was God. They are now saved. All of them. All of my people that I know, my peers that had the same family dysfunction, dysfunction like I did, that turned out well, they are all saved. So you know that was God intervened, you know. And so we can attribute even some of us what we turn out to be today to the sacrifices of our mothers because they stayed. Some of us are here. I tell you, if we're going to be truthful to ourselves, what your mothers are taking currently from your fathers, you, you will not take from your husband. And I'm not saying you should take, but I'm just using it to define. I'm, I'm, not, trust me, I'm not saying take. I'm just letting you see how this family institution is being bashed from left, right, and center, including modernity. And so we must be very careful. You must ask yourself, you're a member of the Phoenician church, you're a kingdom man, ask yourself, what is defining the structure of your home? Is it tradition or culture? Or is it modernity? As a woman, you're here, ask yourself, what is defining your home? Is it wokeness, feminism? Because these are man-made philosophies that are negatively impacting the family institution today. Me too, I'm making money. So you need to ask yourself, what is defining your marriage? Or what do you think will define the marriage that you're going to have as someone who is prepping for marriage? So we must be aware of these extremes. There's an image, I don't know, do you, did you get it? Okay, please help me put that up. So God is a God of order. He's a God of structure. And you need to see the, like I always say, go back to Genesis, you will see a lot of things about God. Everything God builds there's always what? Order and structure. Always. God, God does not like chaos. God is not a God of chaos. We're nothing unruliness. Mm -mm, God, that's not God. He's a God of order. And right there is a divine order for the family. What do you have at the top? Christ. As a matter of fact, in another scripture, 1 Corinthians 11, I think he said, or 3, he said, God is the head of what? Who? Of Christ. So you can imagine, just put another one at the top of that other umbrella. And that will be God, right? At the topmost will be God. And then you have who? Christ. After Christ, you have what? The husband. The husband. And that one defines the role, the primary role of the husband. Protect family. Lead the family. Provide for the family. So the man is a primary provider. Do you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't matter how much the woman earns, the man is a primary provider. The man is a primary provider. As a man, your wife cannot be earning more than you and then you don't contribute again. I say, I become, nah, she be, how much is your salary? 1.2, me, I'm just collecting 300,000. Let me just hold you some whole body. You're not holding anybody. You have to still provide. Whatever it is that you have to put out of that 300,000, I say, okay, this is for food or this is for the care of the children. Every month you have to do it irrespective of whatever it is that you're earning. The moment you don't do that, you, you're breaking the order. That's why the Bible says that a man that cannot provide for his household is what? He's worse than an unbeliever. So it's your primary. So you can't be a lazy man and take advantage of your wife because she's now working. One of my brothers was telling me that women have this idea, which is fast being, you know, becoming popular now, where they said women will say, my money is my money. But your money as a husband is our money. He said, man, I don't like that. I <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, if you're if you're here, you don't like that idea. Let, let me tell you this, right? Yeah, you know what? You can grumble all you want. See, you are the primary provider. If she chooses, if she chooses, if she chooses not to pull it down, trust me. Yes. Do you get the point? Because you are the primary provider. And so I want to say here today, don't have problem with that statement. Don't. Don't. You don't. But if you are a woman, ah, and you are making money more than your husband, and you are holding everything to your chest, something is wrong with you. Something is wrong. You know, you see, everything God does, if you see, if you, if you really follow God very closely, particularly when it comes to man and woman, it's just say, you man, just face your lane. Don't say because. Mm-mm. See, God's order, they, don't, they are not with conditions. When he says, honor your father, honor your mother, he didn't say when they are good. Whether you have, some people call their parents witches. As a mother, you have to honor how. Do you know what I'm saying? You have to honor them. You have to honor your parents. Because there's no condition to that scripture. But the way we live sometimes, we want to put condition. No. So if God says you are the primary provider, you are the primary provider. If she chooses not to support you, sorry, you can't force her. You have to trust God to do a work in her that will make reverence for the material nothing to her. Because the reason why she's still saying my money is my money is because reverence for the material is still very strong. Reverence for the material is still very strong. That's why she's still saying my money is my money. I, mean, I always say this. My wife and I you always say this. Like, if I can give you my body. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what it means to give your body to another person? And when I say this, I'm not talking about woman giving man body. Even man. I'm very careful with my body, honestly. I'm, let me tell you now. Because you don't think men are the ones, only women that are giving body. No. You too, man. The Bible said that when you join yourself with, when you go have anything to do with a harlot, you just give your body to that harlot. I'm very particular about my body. So particular that I don't like swimming naked. I'm serious. I don't like swimming my body. I don't talk of joining my body with another person. I know. I'm serious. I'm sorry. I, I bless God. I, don't, I didn't have sex until marriage. So by the grace of God, I kept myself until marriage. But after we got married and we started having the intimacy, do you know my wife and I'm like, how do people do this with other people and multiple people? It's so sacred. It's so intimate. How can you share that with someone else? That is not the love of your life. I don't get it. I can't. You understand what I'm talking about? For those who are married. Those of you who are not married, don't worry. Just I don't have too much pictures. Just <laughs> blank your mind. Those who are married. If you're married here, can I, can I see your hand up? Do you get what I'm saying? No, you can't share that with anybody else. It's too intimate. It's too sacred. It's too... Come on now. You can't do that. You can't give my body to someone else. No commitment, no love, no nothing. And then I just give my body like that. Because that second brain between your legs is asking for it. Come on now, please. Like they say. I mean, no. Your heart. And they say these things a lot. That women, you know, the person that they connect with. And it's so true. Men too, please. Men too. Let your heart also be part of it. I don't get it. I don't know some people do that. I don't see, I don't see why men cheat. I don't get it. I don't get it. As a matter of fact, as a single person, I couldn't date two women at once, two girls, as a single, unmarried. Because there's no way I could say, I love you, and then I come here and say, I love you. And I'm wondering, like, how? And then this one does not know that this one exists. Even as a single person, I didn't understand it. Not to talk of when you are not married. 
You know, so you can't do that as a man. And so, if she's saying our money is our money, your money is our money, my money is my money, don't see it from the angle of you must give us. No. See that there's a bigger problem and you need to pray into that. What is that problem? Materialism. Reverence for the material. That is the problem. So if you just think, oh, she's stingy, she's not giving me money, oh, you're getting it. God is a common, have sense. The issue here is not that she's stingy. Don't make it about you. Now, see, marriage is not about you as an individual. I always tell my wife, I say, my wife, say you know, and I keep saying, I say, see, anything I want, see, it's not for me. I'm serious. And I think the reason is because I have lived with a lot of things, you know, and the same thing for her. Whatever you want to change. Because see, the moment I want to make my wife the way I want her, what if it's not the way God wants her to be? That's selfish. It's selfish for a man to want to form the wife to his personal, what he likes. No, you have no right. And it's also selfish for a woman to want to shape the husband to suit her. You have no right. That becomes witchcraft and manipulation. What you need to do is to make her become who God has designed her to be. If she can please God, she will please me. He, if he can please God, he will please you. That's how it works. And if you build your marriage that way, it will be fine. So that anytime you're placing certain demands, don't let it be from the place of self. That's selfishness. And the Bible says love is not what? It's not self-seeking. That's not love. Every time it's about what you want, what you want, what you want, what you want, and it's self-seeking, that's not love. That becomes possession because it's one-sided. That's not love. But if you have a husband that submits to Christ, for instance, that husband will love you the way you should be loved. And if you have a wife that submits to God, the same thing. Because you know what the husband will have to do? The husband, you have to love your wife as unto Christ. And the wife, you have to love your husband as unto who? Christ. So everything you do, you are pleasing Christ. So if you ever see certain things in your wife, don't personalize it. Don't make it personal. Don't say, oh, my wife is not supporting me. My wife is, no, no, no. Ask yourself, that thing that you see in her, is it even pleasing God first? If it's not pleasing God, then approach it from that angle and trust God for her to change so that the stronghold of materialism will be broken over her life. And once it is broken over her life, she will begin to please God, right? And that's when she will then be a better wife to you. So don't make it about you. Make it about God. All right? And so we have the place of the wife to comfort, to teach, and to nurture. To nurture. You see, you can't take that away from women. Modernism is trying to take that away from women. No, don't let modernism or modernity take that away from women. Women are nurturers. Just what I'm saying. Women are nurturers. And women don't abandon that task because of modernity. Don't abandon it. You are a nurturer. Because right now, modernity is saying we are equal. We are equal. Whatever I can do, you can do. Whatever I can do, you can No. There are certain prints. There are certain designs that God has put in a woman. You are a nurturer. Don't abandon that. I always use the example. I'm not sure my wife had taken care of children before. At least I've not heard the stories. <laughs> but you know when we started having our children? My goodness. Wow. I didn't know where all the things came from. So much so that if the grannies were baiting for our children, she's supervising. She's supervising. When she said, no, don't, don't do that, grandma would look and say, oh, I did this to you. <laughs> and she was like, no, you can't prove it. That train them up, we help them overcome fear. 
And the Yoruba children, they don't throw up. They are the ones doing gymnastics. They are the ones doing skydiving. They are the ones doing all the crazy stunts. And all the children in Africa that they threw up to overcome fear. I mean, we can't jump on those things. <laughs> do you get it? We can't do those stuff. And these same children that they did not throw up to make them overcome fear, this guy, they jump into a helicopter, parachute, and they fly out. They go, they go on slingshots. And then he drops them, bam. And then the black people that they threw up to overcome fear. <laughs> we are scared of height. <laughs> so my wife would be like, Mm-mm. So the point is that she was so, it came so natural. I was like, wow, this is divine. I had to learn from her. I had to learn how to wear pampers from her for, for babies. I remember the first one I did. My friend called me and said, Fred, are you sure you didn't use YouTube? I said, no, I didn't use YouTube. I, I, YouTube. I got teachers. I watched my wife. Natural. She did it so well. What do you think that's from? Is that nurturing capacity? But right now, it's all messed up. Modernity is messing that up. Women are no longer taking their time to nurture. They're no longer using that part of their God life to nurture. Hey, God, I heard something recently. Ha! Ah, do you know what the person said? was talking about the, the, uh, the, how strategic women are. God's original design, actually, was for the woman to be the bearer of righteousness, of righteous seeds. If man had not fallen, we would not have been going through the blood of Jesus to be saved. Every seed would be righteous through the woman. Every seed she would conceive from birth, would have been righteous. The woman has that capacity. The woman has that capacity. That's why even Jesus, when he was to be born, when, when God himself was supposed to come, he came through a woman. That's a demonstration to us. Jesus is actually a demonstration to us that the woman has the capacity to birth divine seeds. Untainted. And so they have that. There's something in their biology that can form it and give it life, give it nutrients. I mean, when the men are done, they are done. They move on. Right now, Brume, everything about her is giving life. As we stand right here, as we are here right now, that baby is eating. Do you know what is giving that baby life? Ultimately, God, but let's come down. It's Brume. Brume's system, her biology, is giving that baby life. That's how powerful and significant women are. Is giving that baby life right now. All the nutrient to make the baby continue to grow is coming from her body. She's giving it life. And everything is forming. Everything is coming together. That's how powerful women are. And so, don't lose that. Don't lose that. And then when the baby comes, you see them, they know how to do all the things that men are completely clueless about. It comes naturally. It's part of the instinct. They call it maternal instinct. You, have, you, have you ever had paternal instincts? Maternal instincts. So women have certain things. There are certain things that God has created you. We don't abandon it because of modernity. Don't fight your place. See, this place right here is not subjugation. It's not subjugation. It's actually a place of power. And then it comes down to the children to love their parents and obey their parents. My time is up, but let's see where I'm going to end with this background that I'm laying today. And so divine order and structure of marriage. What are we going to be looking at? We're looking at order and structure. And like I said before, everything God builds has what? Order and structure. Everything, everything, everything. 
including marriage. When we talk about divine order and structure, we're talking about form and definitions. And so God defines our form and character in the context of marriage. Form and definitions. So this divine order gives us form and definitions. That's what then defines for us and says the man is what? The primary provider. You can't take that away. Modernity can't take that away. And modernity should not take that away. Man, it's your primary. That is why, let me say this, for men who are not lazy and irresponsible, naturally you see every man wants to walk. Right? You want to do, you just don't want to sit down and not do something. That is why you would see if there's a window, a phase where you are not engaged, you are frustrated as a man. Women don't feel that way. Naturally, no, you don't have to feel that way. Because you're already doing a lot in the home. Naturally, it's not supposed to be like that. Come on, I don't even argue. If you are here, you are a woman, don't even argue, please. Don't even argue with this. And if you look at how you people are, girls, hey, hey, see, you see, you see, I mean, women, naturally, and, and, and it's fine. You have to be taken care of. And it's, there's nothing wrong with that. Man, boys, let all the men here tell you the story of their growing up. All the men, can I get an amen? I'm serious. I'm serious. Somehow, women, God just has a way. There will be one uncle that will take her in. Even when the parents are not there. Right? It's just exception, you know, those cases that... But you see, men, men will sleep under the bridge. Who sleep under the bridge? It's boys, mostly. It's boys. Who will have to go and carry conquery to pay school fees? Mostly boys. Mostly boys. If I take statistics in this room... You'll be shocked that more of us in this room worked in some ways to pay certain fees or buy certain books. Can I get an amen? amen. Including myself. I had to work somehow to pay certain, to buy some books or pay certain fees. It's part of our makeup to work. So if the man is not completely responsible, you won't be comfortable to be at home. You want to just go out and do something. It's part of the design. The same way it's part of the design of the woman to nurture and to make the home. It's part of the design of the man to provide. So when we say order and structure, it defines forms and definitions. It gives us form and definitions so that there wouldn't be any confusion. That's why even our biology is different. Can you guys see? Are you getting the point I'm making? Even our biology, the man and the woman, is different. It's to define the form and the character and the way things should happen. That's what God is doing. God is a God of order. But right now, modernity is messing up everything. Even the, the form in terms of gender, now they are, I mean, these guys are not only redefining certain things, they are going into the biology. They want to mess up even the biology. That is how crazy the world has gone. They are taking the conversation beyond we are equal. Watch play today, I watch play tomorrow. I mean, I mean, everybody watch plays, right? But I'm just saying some of the ridiculous level that we have brought these things to. So now they've taken it way beyond that. It is now the issue of, I don't want to identify as a woman. I don't want to identify. You know, I mean, they're just messing up everything. And the confusion is just getting deeper and deeper. And so order, it defines forms. It gives you definitions. Defines your role. Defines what you can do and all of that. Another thing that it does is that it also then defines the flow of blessing. When something is the way God wants it to be, it gets God's approval and blessing. When you build your home the way God wants it to be, it will not only get God's approval, it will get God's blessing. Just what I'm saying. 
Yes. To get God's blessing. Following God's order. And so, it is very important. Everything God builds, everything God puts in place has order, has structure. And so, we must always go back, find out what is the order, what is the structure. How would God have this be? Not man-made philosophies, not tradition, not modernity that should define for you how to build your marriage. It's very, very important. And as you do that, the blessing of God will flow. Hallelujah. And if we can get this right, because you see, if you ever think God is happy with the rate of divorce in the church, God is heartbroken. Do you know what I'm saying? The rate of divorce in the church is breaking the heart of God. If you can't see it or you can't feel it, know it now. God is not happy. God is not happy. God is not happy. And one of the things that will have to change in the finishing generation is that we have to build marriages that will validate God. That is why you are in marriage. Marriage is not about you. Don't make it about you. Make it about God. If you make your marriage about God, it will succeed. If you make it about you, it will be chaotic. There was something PK said. PK said marriage is not a source of happiness and peace. Your spouse does not exist to make you happy. Marriage can't take the place of God. Don't do that. Marriage can't take the place of what? The place of God. One of the lessons we learned yesterday at the wedding, said, me, you are complete. Even though marriage enhances your functionality and all of that, but you must be complete in Christ. The Bible says we are complete in who? In Christ. We are complete in Christ. And so, I want to say this. We have to do it differently. God wants us to do it differently. One of the things I would change in the last day church, this is it. Because, you see, the place of marriage is very critical. Family is very important to God, not just to God, to human society. Family is not only important to God. Family is, is important to human society. The failure of society is a failure of the family institution. The failure of society is a failure of the family institution. And so for us, we have to get it right. We run away from tradition, but we are not running into modernity. Keep finding balance in God. And don't negotiate it. Because sometimes that's what we do. We try to... We try to question God. You remember, even this sin was from question. God, why would you have it like this? Why would this umbrella be like this? Why can't you bring that wife and put it by the side of the husband? Can you just be the author of life? Who knew all things? Can you just let him be God? Because sometimes that's what we do. We question God. Say, why not make it like this? Why should it be like this? Just let God be God. I said, if God had made me a woman, I would be the best wife. Nanda has made me a man. I'm trying to be the best husband. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'll make the most of it. I don't have regrets. The God who decided to make me a man, I mean, it's perfect. So don't question your gender. Don't, there's no need. That's what is driving the world crazy right now that people are not feeling like I'm not a boy. I'm not a, it's crazy. Don't. Let God be God. And so once you do that and you allow God be God in your home, there will be blessing. There will be blessing. And so let's do it God's way. Let's do it God's way. Let's rise to our feet. And let's just appreciate God for what we have heard. Even though it's, uh, it's just laying the foundation for the series. And we're going to be diving into the specifics in terms of the form, the definition, the order, the structure that God has put in place to build our homes. Father, we're grateful for reminding us of how important these things are. Thank you for your word. 
Thank you because indeed we do not know how to be if we do not read your word, if we do not come back to your word. Thank you for your word. That is defining the parameters of our lives. Forming the foundation of our lives. Forming us. Thank you for your word. 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 And I want us to use this opportunity to pray for ourselves. Those of us who are married, just say again that your marriage will validate God. Just begin to speak over your marriage. If you're single, you're here, just begin to prophesy over your marriage. If you're here, you're, you're having troubles in your home, begin to prophesy healing right now. Begin to declare healing, restoration, healing, restoration, healing, restoration, healing, restoration. Healing, restoration. God is a restorer. He will restore. He will restore. He will restore. He will restore. And I want us to pray collectively for this house. For every marriage that we have in TF Church. And every marriage that we will have. Every one of them will validate God. Every one of them. We will not break God's heart. We will not break God's heart. We will do it God's way. We will do it God's way. We will do it God's way. Our homes are built on the foundation of the word of God. Our marriages are built on the foundation of the word of God. We pattern our marriages after the divine order. After the divine order. Our marriages are approved of God. And they will continue to receive divine blessings. In the name of Jesus. And I want us to pray if there are marriages that have been highlighted to you right now that you know are going through difficulties. I want you to start prophesying and just start speaking into them. As ministers, we're not just living for ourselves. We must also carry care and concern for other people. Because I tell you this, it breaks God's heart every time it happens. Every time there's a separation, every time there's a divorce, it breaks God's heart. That is not the order of things. That is not how God wants it. And so let's begin to pray for healing right now. Every marriage that you know that you are aware of that is going through difficulties. Father, we pray for healing. We pray for healing. We pray for healing. It may be those of our parents. We pray for healing in the name of Jesus. It may be those of our siblings. We pray for healing in the name of Jesus. Maybe those of our friends. We pray for healing right now in the name of Jesus. Because it is not your will for marriages to break up. It is not your desire. Because you said what you have joined together, let no man separate. It is not your design, oh God. We pray for healing right now. We pray for healing right now. We pray for healing right now. In the name of Jesus. 
And lastly, I want us to pray. And we can do this. Because if it is a burden in the heart of God, it has to be a burden in your heart if you are a son. A son always shares the burden in the heart of the father. That's, that was one of the hallmarks of a son. You carry the burden in the heart of the father. And so I want us to pray and I want us to make this prophetic declaration that as a new breed and a new generation in the church today, we are halting this trend of divorce in the kingdom. In the name of Jesus. Let's begin to pray into that. We halt it in the name of Jesus. Father, we halt it in the name of Jesus. We hold this trend in the name of Jesus. Our singles will get it right. Our singles will get it right. Our singles will get it right. The foundations of our marriages are solid. The foundations of our relationships are solid. In the name of Jesus. Amongst our ranks, we hold this trend. The new breed all across the world. The new generation all across the world. The finishing church all across the world. Because part of becoming like Christ is also building marriages that will validate you. We pray for those who are still coming to join us. Those who are still coming to be part of the remnant. Oh God, we pray for them. We pray for their homes. We pray for their marriages. Oh, Father, we thank you. We give you praise, God. We give you honor. And every marriage here that will stand will encourage many others to stand in the name of Jesus. I pray for every marriage here that your marriage will be an encouragement for other people in the name of Jesus. And those of you who are coming in and looking forward to be married, I pray the same prayer for you. That your marriage will be an encouragement. Couples will look at your marriage and they will say that if you can do it, we can do it. In the name of Jesus. They will draw strength from you in the name of Jesus. They will not give up on your account in the name of Jesus. And I pray that your marriage will be a, a weapon in the hand of God to prove himself in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you praise, God. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's be seated. Amen. Amen. Amen.